You know, I found that people, there's a lot of people out there that are really hungry. And um, from, what I, from what I'm getting from people, they're not being fed a lot of times. And there's been a trend now for about 10 years for um, things to just be really overly simplistic and, and to avoid any type of real meat to be taught, things like that. But there's a, there's a group of people out there, God's remnant, that Jesus is enough for them. They don't have to be entertained to come to church. You know, they don't, they don't have to have motivational speeches all the time. They love God. They love his word. They, they want the truth. And they're hungry. They're hungry for the word. All right, so fathers, we come tonight in Jesus' name and through his blood. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you for this time. We hallow your name. We praise you, Lord. We bless you tonight. And we thank you, Lord, for the word of God. We love your word. But we ask you that you would anoint me and speak through me tonight. We ask you that the precious Holy Spirit would invade right now those that are going to be listening to this whether they're hearing it live or whether they're hearing it through a recording that where they're at the holy spirit will begin to move in and lord give us good fertile soil of hearts and minds that the holy spirit will prepare our hearts prepare us and help us to get in tune with the lord that your holy spirit will touch our minds to be able to understand and touch our hearts to be able to really receive in our eyes and ears to be eyes and ears of the spirit that though we have eyes the bible says you know there's a warning that they have eyes but they can't see ears but they can't hear lord give us eyes and ears to be able to see and hear tonight what you're speaking lord i pray that we're good soil and this is going to go out as living seeds of truth sown into good soil watered by the holy spirit that will take root grow and produce a hundredfold harvest of eternal fruit that remains until jesus comes Lord, we ask you that even now that your Holy Spirit will begin to water the seeds that are preached, they will really take root in people. And Lord, let there be a washing of the water of the word and let, uh, let there be like a purifying fire. And Lord, I pray that your word go out as a light that's dispelling all the darkness. It's going to be a hammer that's going to destroy the strongholds and a sword that's going to penetrate. And let the winds of your spirit carry this out among the nations it will get where it needs to be and accomplish what it needs to do. And Lord, we ask you that your mighty angels watch over your word and they will make sure that it's protected. It's going to get where it needs to go tonight because there is a spiritual warfare. Jesus said the birds of the air try to steal the seed. So Lord, we take authority together. In the name of Jesus, we bind up anything of the devil that would try to hinder this word in any way from getting where it's supposed to be and doing what it's supposed to do. We bind you in the name of Jesus. We command you to back off right now. And Lord, let your angels just clear the atmosphere. And we thank you for it now. And we thank you that we stand on the promise. Your word will go forth and accomplish that which you sent it forth to do. It will not return void. So Lord, let everything be accomplished in and through this time that you will to be done. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, as I was saying before, there's a remnant out there. There's a group of people that Jesus is enough, that the word of God is enough for them. You know, they don't have to have all the fluff and all the other things. They don't need it. They just love the Lord. And so there's that remnant out there is really the ones I believe that I'm, I'm preaching to the most. So in the first sermon that I did in this series, I dealt with the Holy Spirit and I dealt with the purity of the gospel. And I believe that that message is one of the reasons why God is about to really open things up here. We've seen people giving their lives to the Lord, you know. There's, there's like the fishing pole. 
You know, we just, we just actually got back fishing, you know, so I'm really relating to this run. But there's the fishing pole where you go out and you, you get on the streets and you're witnessing, just like, you know, Pastor Steve and others have been doing this last weekend. And, and some people give their lives to the Lord. That's awesome. But there's also a time when it's harvest time. And that's when Jesus says, hey, cast your net on the other side of the boat. And it's then that the Holy Spirit is really moving and there's a, there's a harvest that's drawn in. And, and I believe God has that for us. It's about to happen in the days to come. And I believe one of the reasons why God's going to do that is because of the pure gospel that we believe here in our preaching. And, um, you know, God's looking for that. He's looking for people that'll, that'll preach his word and just stand by it. How I many of you guys know in these latter days there's going to be perilous times and we better make sure that we're standing with the Lord. We better be in agreement with what God's in agreement with. We better be against what God's against. All right, so I dealt with the first sermon, this sermon tonight. <clears throat> I entitled it liberalism, but really what I'm dealing with is the world, worldliness. And so we need to deal with that tonight because I, more so than any other time in my life, I have seen, you got to understand, I was raised around church my whole life. I have never in my lifetime seen the amount of worldliness in the church that I see today in 2018. Not even close. Something happened. And so we need to deal with that tonight. So this is Americanized Christianity. A reason why I'm calling it this title is because I know you feel this way too, but I, with every part of me, I want biblical Book of Acts Christianity. And I want it to be pure with all my heart. I really do. And biblical Book of Acts Christianity is also the power of the Holy Spirit, the gifts. And we're not ashamed of it. It's tongues. It's the power of God. So let's go ahead and dive into this tonight. The Bible says in Romans 12, verse 1. So I'm going to give you several scriptures, then I'm just going to talk to you. Romans 12, verse 1. A familiar passage we all know. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice. God is looking for us to willingly lay our lives on the altar and say lord let me be crucified with christ it's no longer i who live but christ living through me send the fire of your holy spirit and burn out of me anything that is not of god that's what god's looking for a holy sacrifice acceptable to god which is your spiritual service of worship and do not be conformed to this world i want everybody to really meditate on these scriptures with me do not be conformed to this world so what does it mean to conform? That you become like the world. The Bible says, do not become like the world, but rather be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is. That which is good, acceptable, and perfect. Bring my mic up just a little bit more. So we're not to be conformed to this world system at all but rather transformed and i know many of you already know this because i've taught on this many times before but the word there in greek transformed is metamorpho and we get the word metamorphosis from that which is a bit of a miracle and if you think about it because this caterpillar 
an ugly thing. You know, God made it, but some things are ugly. You know, it's got this caterpillar. Well, so ugly, it's cute. And it's, it's crawling along the ground. And it's, it's it has to conform to the contour of the earth. So if it rubs, runs up against a rock, it has to climb over the rock. You know, it's kind of conforming to the world in many respects. Anyway, so you got this caterpillar, and then it ends up going into a cocoon. It goes through a metamorphosis and comes out a butterfly, which is one of those miracles of creation, isn't it? And a butterfly, though, does not, it's not stuck on the ground on the earth. It soars above that. And God has called us to live above and separate from this world. But it happens by the renewing of your mind. There's a transformation that takes place where you leave behind the caterpillar life and you move into that butterfly life. You're no longer bound by this world system and controlled by the spirit of this world and, and stuck in this, this world. But rather, it's like you're in it, but you're not of it. You're soaring above it. So the way we do that, the Bible says, is to make your life, especially it says here, your body, a living sacrifice, and to renew your mind, to really change the way you think. The, the, word, you know, the world says this is okay, but God says it's wrong. So you change. You used to think this is okay. Now you agree with the word. You say that's wrong. You're changing the way you think. And let me just say this too as we go, because these scriptures aren't in here that I'm about to give you, but Jesus said that the world hated me, it will hate you also. He said that I've called you out of the world. If you were of the world, it would love you as its own. But because you're not of this world, he said the world will hate you. So don't expect that the world is going to love true Christians because they won't. This is part of the problem right now that I see. People want the world to love them. They want everybody to love them. They don't want to offend anybody. You, it's hard to get much more unbiblical than trying to make the world love you. Jesus said the world is not going to love you. What we need to do is just stand with God and let him work it all out. All right, I'm just going to read a few more scriptures. Ephesians 2, 1. You were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world. All of us remember what that was like. There was a time that spiritually we were dead in our sin, far from God. We all were. And we were forming and walking according to the world. We were formed to the image of the world at that time. We walked according to the course of the world. It's like we were in the image of the world. But God in his mercy came in and brought us out of that, out of darkness. So let me go back to this. In which you formerly walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air. He's referencing the devil. Who's the ruler of this present world? Satan. He's saying at one time you were under Satan's dominion and control. Of the spirit that's now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them, we too all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging in the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. 
but God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So God has brought us out of the world. I remember that my wife and I were walking one time. We were looking at some Christmas lights downtown at a particular city. And um, there was like a band that was playing. They were really good. And um, it w as we walked by, the guitar player was playing. It sounded really good. And we were sitting there kind of listening to it for a moment. But as we started to, because you're watching this, as we started to move in, we realized, though, that everything there, it was just like a party atmosphere, you know, all the drinking and the smoking and the profanity and the sinful partying that goes on. And, and we just kind of looked at each other and like, nah, and walked off. Because you know why? Because that was where we came from. And we're not going back there again. We just weren't, it just wasn't our place to hang out. We just didn't, there's other things to do. Galatians 1.3 Grace to you and peace from God our Father in the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself our sins so that he might rescue us from this present evil age. Have you thought about that? That God has called us out of the world and he's rescued us out of this age, out of this present world. That each generation, it was like the world, the Bible described it in the previous that like sons of disobedience that God's wrath was laid up it's like judgment coming on the world but God in his incredible mercy has rescued us out of that and brought us unto him I'm trying to show you how much of a difference there's got to be here we're not of this world 2 Timothy 4.10 now here's where the warning comes so everybody please listen to me 2 Timothy 4.10, Paul says, For Demas, having loved this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. How in the world did somebody who was a disciple of Paul, who walked with him and saw the miracles, saw the revival that was happening through his ministry, experienced God, how could somebody like that fall away and end up deserting Paul and deserting the faith like that because the Bible says he loved this present world. You cannot have the world and have the Lord too. 1 John 2.15 Do not love the world nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. That was the problem with Demas. He loved the present world. And he was willing to walk away. How many people have we seen walk away from the house of God and the things of God because they love this present world? In James 4.4, 4, probably the greatest warning in the scripture concerning this, you adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God or enmity? there toward God therefore whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God 
That's a very strong warning. I'm trying to take my time reading these because I want people to really meditate on for a moment. If we love this world and the things of this world, we are choosing a life that makes us become an enemy of God. That's what the Bible says. That's not just my opinion. I'm just reading the word. I think sometimes people, especially nowadays, think, what's well, your opinion? No, this is what the Bible says. Revelation 18, 4. I heard, I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people. So the world in the book of Revelation, the world system is described as Babylon. And Babylon has a lot of tentacles, like an octopus, which I'll deal with as we go. You understand these, these sermons are going to build on each other, okay? But this Babylonian system that Satan sits as the prince of the power of the air over, he has principalities and wickedness in heavenly realms that have jurisdiction over nations and, and states and cities. And it's a system that is very anti-Christ. And the Bible says here in, in Revelation, he's speaking to the people because now in Revelation 17, 18, if you read it, this is the time that the false prophet has emerged, the Antichrist has emerged. And this, it's like a, a final call there for God's people where he's saying, those of you that are still out there, and you're entangled in Babylon. Come out of her, my people. So that you will not participate in her sins and not receive her plagues. It reminds me of, you know, Passover. The children of Israel were responsible to put blood on the doorpost. And if somebody did not do that, they would have experienced death in their household just like all of Egypt. Think about what I'm saying. It wasn't just enough that they were um, of God's people per se, but they had to prove they were of God's people by the blood being applied. If they didn't, they weren't protected. There was a plague that was going to hit Egypt. Those that did not come under the blood and separate themselves by the blood from Egypt would have experienced the plague also. And God is saying, my people, hear me come out of this present world system if you're going to be like the world then you're going to share in the judgment that comes on the world in second corinthians 6 14 this is the last scripture that i'll read and then i'll start you know talking to you about different things god's laid on my heart but it says here do not be bound together with unbelievers my wife will tell you no matter how many times i've preached <laughs> quit hanging around the wrong people Certain people aren't good. There's still people that just don't get it for whatever reason. But what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? What fellowship has light with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial, which is an evil spirit of lawlessness? What has a believer in common with an unbeliever? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God, just as God said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, same message, come out from their midst and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean 
and I will welcome you, and I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. So the same message, again, come out from among her, my people. Be separate. Be a holy people. So putting all these scriptures we read together, it would read something like this. You're called out from among the people of this world. Don't be like them anymore. Learn what pleases God through his word. Separate out and live unto him a holy life. And I can't get into all this tonight. I won't even try. I'm going to get into this in later sermons. But you can see the hand of the principalities and powers the prince of the power of the air you can see the hand of the devil trying to maneuver in the political realms of the world through the media through the entertainment industry these will be things i get more in depth into but the liberal media somebody would have to be blind and a very special kind of stupid to not see they have an agenda the liberal media very much has an agenda that's very anti-Jesus Christ. They have an agenda, and it is not God's agenda. And the media, however you want to cut it, however you want to say it, bottom line is they're trying to control the way you think. They're going to tell you certain things and not tell you others. The things they tell you, they'll put their spin on it, and they'll say lies over and over and over, try to get you to believe it. All of that boils down to... They're trying to control your mind. And I tell people, you better think for yourself. You better renew your mind with the word. The entertainment industry, how many people living horrible lives and setting that example for young people, taking their clothes off, substance abuse, all kinds of filth is glorified in the entertainment industry, whether it's music or whether it's movies or whatever. The educational system, the devil got in that a long time ago. And now trying to brainwash young people. You know that this is true. There's places that are trying to rewrite history. And they're trying to take our Judeo-Christian heritage out. And it's conspicuous, conspicuously removed out of our history. And then they're bringing something else in. There's a very liberal agenda in our educational system right now. And economically and even medically. And I'll get into this in later ser sermons. All right. There was a lady that got saved through my wife's testimony. And she come out of hardcore Satanism. And she was telling me as we were talking about different things. And she was sharing her heart with me. But she said, I have to give a little, let me give a little background information. So we were talking about different, different subjects. But one of the subjects was the difference between like the Church of Satan, Anton LaVey, which is um, kind of a politically correct Satanism, if you will, um, trying to make it uh, acceptable to society versus hardcore Satanism, which was underground and hidden and secret from law enforcement, etc. We were talking about all that, and she said this. She said, the purpose of places like the Church of Satan is to make Satanism acceptable to society like abortion and homosexuality has become. And we're already seeing that there's groups of people that are very open now and blatantly Satanist in American culture. 
and trying to get involved in politics, mind you. The Satanic Temple. There's people that need to know about this. You need to be aware of it. You need to be praying. They're the ones that are toting around that Baphomet statue and trying to set it up in state capitals and national or national capital, etc. And um, they're using politics and, and, you know, liberalism and all that to try to force their agenda, which is very anti-God. So be aware of it. But there's a move. See, a lot of people have never really thought about this, but I encourage people, read the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation says before Jesus comes a second time to the earth to rule and reign, there's going to be a seven-year period called the tribulation. And during that time... The Bible talks about how God's people are going to be caught away before that. And there's going to be a great martyrdom. There's going to be God's people are going to be killed during that time. And the Bible says, and you can look this up for yourself, that the world will worship the dragon. Who's the dragon? So the world is going to worship Satan. Openly. You understand that? Openly. You can see things are moving that direction. So anyway, I need to get off that. Um, areas of deliverance, and then I just want to share some things from my heart because what I see is I've seen a lot of worldliness and even a lot of liberalism that has tried to work its way into the church world by and large, and it has unfortunately been successful in some places. And so areas of deliverance, we know that there's areas of your personal sin that you're going to have to get free of. How many people have experienced that? Many people have come here. We will pray with you and kind of lead you through renouncing things you were involved in and getting freed up from your past. Maybe you were involved in the occult or sexual sins or whatever. But there's things that opened you up to demonic bondage and the Lord sets people free. That's a personal deliverance. The second area is ancestral. There's things that your family got involved in, maybe worshiping other gods maybe the occult whatever it was there was things that your family got mixed up in that that literally created spiritual bondage that has traveled down the family line that that god has to set you free from and we've seen many people set free from that as well but what i'm talking about tonight is living free from babylon there is an evil world system that just like an octopus has all these different tentacles that come through the political, they come through the entertainment, they come through education. All these different areas I mentioned, hopefully I'll, I'll be able to do a pretty good job over the next month or so to explain a lot of this, but the enemy in this Babylonian system has so many people that are wrapped up. They're entangled in one way or another. And they wonder, why am I struggling in different areas? Because they're entangled. I heard a story, there was a missionary one time, and he was, he's actually a really good swimmer. Before he got saved, he did a lot of swimming. He's an excellent swimmer. And where he was at on the mission field, there was a young man that this torrential storm came. And it created this whirlpool. And a young man got swept into that. And the way that this water was circling was it was circling, but it would pull you down. And so this young man got caught in it, and he was literally drowning. And so this missionary, being an incredible swimmer, 
he jumped in to save the young man which he did but when he got down in there he said that because of the storm that there was willow trees that were around there that the willow trees their branches had been pulled down into the water and he said when he he dove in that he was going to rescue this boy that the branches of those willow trees were were hitting him and wrapping around him really quickly so he's trying to get the boy but he's getting all entangled and he's having to break these branches underwater just so he can get freed up so that he can help the young boy which of course he was able to do what's happening is is a lot of people are trying to be used of God to help a lot of other people but they're going to have to get untangled from Babylon in their own life this is going to come by renewing your mind also it's going to come by not being in agreement with deception the things that's concerning is this is that people that are deceived do not think they're deceived there's so much deception out there and I think one of the greatest deceptions is the passivity and the attitude that Christians now have if you if you preach the word with boldness and strength there's a lot of people out there that'll say well you're just unloving and these are supposedly Christians you're just unloving you need to calm it down really that sounds all too familiar you know what that sounds like that sounds like the spirit of this world that's coming to the church and God's not going to pour out his spirit and send a great revival and place his glory where there's going to be a lot of compromise and things that aren't right and my wife and I have had to at times you know take a stand for things and there's some people that got really irritated but listen man if something's not God it's not God and I'm not going to go along with it just to make somebody happy but not coming into agreement with any deceptions out there not getting your life entangled with the wrong things and even your personal emotions not getting entangled with this Babylonian system I don't know about you but I want my mind freed up from Babylon I want my heart freed up from Babylon I want my health and my finances freed up from Babylon I want my life that there's not going to be any place that is entangled up in this Babylonian system that I may be in this world but I'm not of it and I'm not entangled in it you'd be surprised though how many people are and as I preach this you're probably going to see some places where you yourself have maybe been entangled and didn't know it be careful with even the words you speak your mouth can open the door for all kinds of problems to come into your life be careful with what you say and speak over yourself so let me kind of close out by giving some examples these are just some things that God laid on my heart tonight just to share real quickly but these are areas where Babylon is worked its way into the church and into many Christian lives number one is idolatry really give me your best ear tonight there are places out there that profess Christianity okay but they literally physically literally have graven images that they pray to and bow down to 
That's like rule number one of not to do on the Ten Commandments. But they do it. But how many places out there, even though they may not have graven images, yet they have a lot of idols. They put their traditions of men, their pet doctrines, they'll make that, that's such an idol, they'll defend that to the death. How many Christians out there have various idols in their life of things that are way too important to them, things that have stolen their affections from God, their affections are now on this idol in their life. It could be a wrong relationship. It could be making money. It could be material things. It could be the wrong type of entertainment. Whatever it is, it's things in your life that the affections and the devotion that should solely, completely be on God is shared with other things. And God said, I'm a jealous God. Don't have any gods before me or alongside me. But number one is idolatry. This is a big one. There's a lot of people that there's various places in their lives that they have idols. And you know what's happening to them? In the spirit realm, Babylon has a lot of branches that have wrapped them up. You're going to have to repent of that, renounce it, and start breaking those branches off you. Get freed up from all of Babylon. Number two is the occult. I have been really shocked and very grieved at this, but there's a lot of people out there that profess Christianity that really don't have any problem with witchcraft. They let their kids watch it. And they, they would think me talking about this is stupid. I don't understand it. I just It just grieves me as an intercessor and... and I guess as a pastor, just grieves me to see it. But they have no problem with witchcraft, divination, sorcery. Well, let me tell you something. God has a big problem with it, and he hates it. And it is a major door for demonic spirits. I know these people are ignorant, and they may not even believe in demonic spirits, but they're still real. And as they're messing around with the occult, and they're letting their kids mess around with the occult, they're opening them up to spiritual forces of darkness. You understand, they're opening them up to demonic spirits. These are spirits that are powerful and dangerous that have absolutely nothing to do with the kingdom of Jesus Christ. This is the dark side here. And they're flirting with that dark side. And they're letting their kids do it too. Anything that has to do with witchcraft, divination, and sorcery, keep it out of your life. Keep it out of your home. The third thing is, and this one also deeply grieves me, is how disrespectful people are to the Holy Spirit. We're going to stand before the Lord one day. And people that have grieved the Holy Spirit. Jesus said this, I talked about it last sermon that I preached. Jesus said that if you speak against me, it'll be forgiven. But if you speak against the Holy Spirit, it won't be forgiven in this age or in the age to come those are the words of jesus christ and i know some people think that they're making fun of people they're making fun of church services they think that it's just you know they're just mocking people they don't realize really that they're mocking the holy spirit and they're mocking the things of the spirit they don't believe it is the spirit of god but it is 
and they're mocking him. There's places that used to be spirit-filled, powerful places, that now you'll never hear tongues. There's no gifts in operation. There's no real power. There's no altar services where people are getting touched by the power of God anymore. And if the Holy Spirit was to move just a little bit, they have special ushers in place to take them in a back room somewhere and to hide it from everybody else because they're ashamed of it. I wonder what that's going to look like for you on judgment day when you stand before Jesus, the king, and he brings that up. I'm not ashamed of the Holy Spirit. And I'm not ashamed of the gifts of the Spirit. But it has grieved me how people nowadays in church circles that used to be Spirit-filled are resisting and grieving and quenching the Holy Spirit on purpose and they know what they're doing. Some of them are leaders that at one time had a move of God in their life. They know the Holy Spirit and they know exactly what they're doing. Why are they doing it? Crowds and money. I better move on before I get myself in trouble. Y'all done got me mad up here now. No, I'm just kidding. Number four, seduction and sensuality. Praying for people. I've actually taken authority and, and I've seen demons come out of people and leave people that had to do with seduction and sensuality. What I've been shocked about as well is now, you know, there was a time when the, the entertainers, you know, dance around half naked and they've got a, all kinds of a spirit of seduction on them. But there was a time that that was in the entertainment industry. And, but somehow, down through the years, that has kind of vomited on people. And now you'll see so many people on social media, the way that they take their pictures every way that they possibly can is to look as seductive and sensual and sexual as they possibly can in those pictures that's demonic and I've been shocked at how many people they go to church but then they'll do that too that, that's the way they are but even people that go to church dress like the world women that come in that, that are dressing very immodest Preachers shouldn't even have to talk about this. It almost, to me, should be common sense. But they'll come in wearing blouses that show in their cleavage, showing their stomach, skimpy tight clothes, and they don't think there's anything wrong with it. And if a leader or somebody was to say something about it, they would, they would throw a fit. But the Bible clearly says for women to dress modestly. And I don't think that's asking a lot. And here's what it comes down to, bottom line. Either people are going to say, you know what? I'm going to do whatever I want to do. I don't care what you say, preacher. I don't care what the Bible says. They can be like that. They're a rebel. Or they're going to say, you know what? I love Jesus with all my heart. And I don't want to be like the world anymore. This is what he says pleases him. And I'm going to do this because it pleases Jesus and I love him. Let the tares be separated from the wheat. But there's a remnant out there that love the Lord. And then the next one is the acceptance towards sexual sins. Can you turn that up one notch back there? The acceptance of sexual sins in the body of Christ. I think about here, you know, was a few years ago. 
Hugh Hefner that, that passed and his influence in pornography. I, I hope that, that that man got things right with God before he died because if he didn't, he's going to have a lot of problems or already does. Let's just, just look, let's please look this way for a minute. Give me your best ear and look this way. So there's been an acceptance of sexual immorality by and large and through different realms, but pornography is one of them. I wonder how many lives pornography has destroyed. I wonder how many children were raped. I wonder how many women have been raped. I wonder how many marriages have been destroyed. And how much that has infiltrated different churches in different ways, the, you know, pornography. And the Bible says to look with lust is to commit adultery in the heart. You can't get around the fact that pornography is all about looking with lust. That's what it is. And I think about how the sinful world down through the last several decades has made sex outside of marriage to be basically just socially acceptable in places that won't deal with it. And I remember there was a young couple that came and they sat under Steve Hill's ministry back at Heartland. And I remember that they gave their life to Jesus and they came up and talked to him because Brother Steve was telling me this himself. And he said that they came up and talked to him and they said, you know what? They said, we, we went to a church for years and we were living together. We weren't married and we never had any idea that it was even wrong. You see the problem? And they come and send under Steve's ministry. It probably took one service. And it's not just what he says. It's the anointing of the Holy Spirit that convicts people. But people now, there are all kinds of sex outside of marriage, adultery, all kinds of sexual immorality. And I think about even the widespread acceptance of homosexuality, which the Bible says it's a sin. The Bible says it's an abomination. But see, what you're going to see is this. Babylon comes from the word Babel, and it means confusion. Remember that. And Babylon in the Bible, without going into some long thing about it, but Babylon is a place of great rebellion against God. What you're going to see in the last days is you're going to see great rebellion in every realm. It used to even be common that even in the world that people knew that there was a structure in the home. Even, you can go back and watch television back in like the 50s. And back then people even knew that the husband was the head of the home. But somewhere down through the last several decades things have really gotten confused and rebellious and now the homes are totally out of order kids are rebellious and you just see that there's a lot of confusion even in today's society with gender confusion how in the world is this confusing it's it listen to me i'm not trying to be funny it's demonic it has to be there's no way that that's confusing but some kind of a spirit of babylon has made it confusing But the widespread acceptance of sexual immorality, and there was, if there's anything in the New Testament that we have very clearly given to us, is that sexual immorality is to be purged out of our midst. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. There was a man that was living in sexual sin, and Paul said to expel him out. He said to get the sexual immorality out of your midst. 
He said that a little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. How many places out there would actually be willing to take a stand like that? Not very many anymore. And where there's things that are permitted in the church, and even where clergy are admitted into office and given authority like that, and maybe they're practicing homosexual or something, you have to understand, why is that in the Bible? This reason. Because it's opening the door for sexually perverted spirits Began to maneuver through a church where that's allowed and where there's a clergy that is a practicing homosexual it allows those perverse spirits to maneuver through that congregation and begin to influence people and when they go through and lay hands on people it's imparting something that's not of God so God has taught us very clearly in the word to purge the sexual immorality out of your midst now to take a strong stand like that you're going to face some persecution and some flack and you're just going to, have to be willing to put up with it. The next one that has concerned me is the fact that the church world in some places has become like a social club. You've heard me talk enough about this. I won't dwell on it. But it's become a social club. It's about entertaining people. It's about motivational speeches that just keep people happy and hyped up. There was a time, some of you, I know you experienced it in River of Life, but some people hearing this that may be young in the Lord, let me just tell you something that might blow your mind, but there actually was a time years ago when God used to have people behind pulpits. I know there's still some out there that do this, but it's not as common as it used to be. But they would preach such convicting messages that people in the congregation would come down to the altars and repent and get right with God. And I remember those days because it wasn't that long ago. But the last couple decades, something has happened to where now it's all about just keeping everybody happy and entertained. The next one that has concerned me is the widespread acceptance, even among Christian circles, with abortion and gay rights. That is conforming to the image of this present world because God is not okay with it. At the end of the day, we better make up our mind that we love everybody, but we're going to stand with God. If he's against it, we're not going to agree with him. I've also been surprised, especially the way that I grew up, I'm just surprised. The celebration now, I use the word celebration on purpose. Then in a lot of places, alcohol and tattoos and piercings and things like that are celebrated. Bottom line is, people can hear this if they want to, and they can not hear it if they don't want to. That's between them and God. But it's not God's best, and God is not smiling on it. Did you hear me? I don't want to live my life in a way that God is having to tolerate me and tolerate things that I'm doing. My wife and I right now, there's somebody that we're related to that we're really concerned about because alcohol began to move in and really destroy. And let me just tell you that I could probably, if I had the time, give you about 50 things that are negative about alcohol and I'd be hard-pressed to find one good one. How many of you guys at one time had an alcohol problem and you know the destruction 
Can you imagine, I'm going to move off this, but can you imagine being out here tonight and one of us saying, yeah, I'm a Christian and having a, a cigarette dangling off our lip, holding a beer bottle in our hand, tats and piercings, using foul language, and then saying, hey, let me tell you about Jesus. I know that some of you guys are like, oh, okay, that's happening. I remember there was a young lady when I very first moved to the area. I was just witnessing to people. I was talking this uh, when I was outside the patio. It ended up getting to this young lady. I was talking to her about the Lord. And she said, you know why I don't really want anything to do with Jesus? She said, because I know people that, that you know, are Christians that go to church. And she said, my life is no different than their life. And she said, as a matter of fact, my life is better and more clean than some of them. She said, if they're going to heaven, I'm going to heaven. Do you see where I'm coming from with this? It's not God's best, and God's not pleased with it. It's a stumbling block, and it's, and it's you know, to my wife and I, that was the next point, the profanity and foul language. I don't understand the people that call themselves Christians and are cussing like a sailor. I don't understand it, but you'd be surprised how common it is. But here's the thing. My wife and I, together in agreement with this, all that I just mentioned there, that's our sinful past. We're not going back to our sinful past. Like the Bible says, a dog returning to its vomit or a pig that was washed going back, rolling around the mud again. And along those lines, people hanging out in clubs and bars. It's one thing to go with another person to on a specific assignment to witness and then leave. That's one thing. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people that go and party there and then go to church. How in the world do they even feel comfortable with it? Somebody that's really born of God and has the Holy Spirit in them for real, they're not going to feel comfortable with the things I'm talking about. They know, they know, maybe not everybody that's hearing this, but they know inside themselves by the Holy Spirit that I'm telling them the truth. And people hanging out with the heathen. I'll never understand it, but I've seen a lot of it, even in River of Life. I just shake my head. No matter how many times I've preached on it. Hanging out with ungodly people. Bad company corrupts good character. It's foolish to hang out with the wrong people. They're going to try to drag you down spiritually, and I've talked enough about that that people should know if they're doing it. I don't know. Also, ungodly entertainment. I'm going to start getting off this now, but I've been surprised at how much just foul stuff people will listen to and watch. I know that there's some things out there that, that are clean. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about people sitting here as Christians now watching people have sex on TV. It's GD this, MF this, F this, F this. And they're sitting there watching it in their home. How, how in the world do you not cringe? The witchcraft that's allowed in the home through movies and entertainment.
if people were really truly out there born of God they know that I'm telling them the truth but if people would really develop prayer lives and have a living relationship their discernment level would come up I think a lot of people have never been told right from wrong in these areas there's also people out there that just have no discernment they can't discern if it's of God or not they haven't developed you know and I don't blame all the Christians that are hearing this because there's a lot of places where they could go to church and they'll never hear anything to help them in this area let me tell you something <clears throat> there's a lot of places out there today probably a lot more like this right now is the exception to the rule that you're not going to hear this preached And that grieves me. We need revival in this nation. We need it in the pulpit. And this is going to pick up on, you know, next week I'll get into this more. It's not going to make a lot of sense tonight. But even this weird liberalism with socialism and the gun banning and all the stuff that's going on, I'll deal more with that next week. But let me just say this. The Bible talks about in Jeremiah 9, 6, living in the midst of deception. Jeremiah lived in a day where the people of God there was just widespread deception and we see that today you know why there's so many people out there that hate Israel and hate America it's satanic what you're seeing out there in the world so you see this little bitty, little bitty nation this little sliver look on a map look on a map and look at Israel you got the big giant world and you got this little sliver how in the world does the majority of the world hate that little sliver what is stirring that up it's satanic it's demonic and the same thing against American I think after next week's sermon you'll understand why I say that and even I will close out with this but even this you're seeing over the last couple of years demons manifesting in American culture. I saw how, you know, Trump gets elected and how people acted. You're seeing people yell into the sky. I mean, some of them, it looked like maybe they're foaming at the mouth. You're seeing people, grown people. We're not talking about three-year-olds. Grown people. Rocking in a corner because they can't handle it. I'm being serious. You're seeing demonic manifestations. Then you see Judge Kavanaugh get put in position. The sounds, look it up if you don't believe me. The sounds that came out of there, it sounds more like the shrieks of demons than it does human beings. The violence that stirred up. See, there's a liberal spirit that's at work in this world, in America, that's very anti-Christ, it's very Jezebelish, it's very satanic, and people are under the influence of things that are not of God. And whenever they're losing that power, because God's people are praying, you're seeing things manifest now. You don't even have to look hard for this. If you, if you want to just look into it, go ahead and look into it. 
Go to YouTube and start typing it. You'll, you'll find there's people that the, the way they're acting, the violence, the vitriol, the attitude, the, way they, the shouting, the way they're acting, it looks a lot more like demonic manifestations. So God is saying to us, come out of her, my people, be separate, be holy. And I believe great revival's coming to River of Life and to America. I believe that with all my heart. I believe something's up. But this is the message that God will anoint, is the pure gospel and a message of holiness. See, I was shocked, and I'm, I'm going to close with this, but I was shocked. My wife and I had to deal with this. There's a group of people that were praying for revival. You know, you know, some of you guys know what revival really actually is. God's presence coming in real powerful. His glory coming in. The conviction of sin. God is not going to do that where there's a bunch of sin and compromise. And what we've had to deal with, I remember there was a time that some different people were coming together to pray for revival. But yet they wanted to have people coming in that are, that are ministering that had a very hyper grace type message. You have to understand something. If you study the Bible, go back to the book of Acts and read, go back to the Gospels, read Jesus' sermons, and then read the sermons that were preached in the book of Acts. You'll find that they're very convicting and they're rebuking sin. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? And then down through church history, look at revival history and the sermons that were preached in revival. They were sermons against sin. They were very convicting. You see, the problem is, is that people now, they want to have revival, but then they, they want to change everything and have though this hyper-grace message. It will never work, ever God will not send revival there. God is going to send revival where sermons are going to convict people of their sin and bring them unto Jesus. Not make them feel comfortable in their sin and that they never have to change. That's hyper grace. I could say a lot more there, but I've been just surprised at the people that are allowing some of the convictions that they have to wane and get like they are. That's all I'm going to say. And I'm talking about even leaders out there that they, they're allowing things in their life and their ministry and their churches that they wouldn't have years ago. And just for me, after, especially after we had to challenge some things that weren't right and we were persecuted about it, but God really laid back on my heart again to make sure I stuck with my roots and that's when I really started connecting back more and more to like the Brownsville crowd and because that's my real roots and I'm not going to get away from that. That's my roots. And you know, Brother Steve Hill, I love him. And uh, he was the one really that, that had the most to do with the birthing of this ministry. And I'm going to honor him in River of Life. He was a godly man and he had godly convictions. Sometimes the convictions of your spiritual fathers need to be your convictions. And you need to stick with your roots. And quit getting tossed to and fro by every fad and everything that's out there.
and get some roots down, some convictions. How is it? Maybe somebody that used to be in revival in the 90s is going to hear this. What happened? How is it that now you're out of church? How is it now that convictions that you used to have are long gone and now you're watching and doing things that you would have never done? What happened? It makes me wonder how deep God really got in some people during that time. Or was it just something surface? I don't know about you, but God, God touched me to the core. All right. So the path to freedom is this. And I, this will, I'll go back over this through sermons I haven't got, you know, obviously will be in the future. Um, tonight I dealt more with renewing the mind, but we're going to have to renew the way we think. Be ready in these latter days to be hated by the world. Go ahead and make up your mind that you're not going to be of this world. You're not going to accept this sinful world and make up your mind and understand that this sinful world will not accept you as its own. So number one, we're going to have to renew the way we think. Number two, we're going to have to live a life of forgiving people and repenting of our personal sin. There may be some things in here that God convicted you of. You need to really commit it to prayer and let God deal with it. Also, you're going to, have to live by kingdom principles. I'll get into this in later sermons more. But we're going to have to live a life of faith. And finally, obedience to God's word. And as these sermons go, some of these that I mentioned will be dealt with more. But the two tonight that really stick out to me is renewing the mind in obedience to God's word. It's time to get back to our roots. Those that used to be Pentecostal, spirit-filled, what happened? What happened? When did it become more important to have numbers and money and all that? So as we close this out, Father, I pray, and everybody's agreeing with me, go ahead and leave the recordings going. Lord, we're, we're in agreement tonight. Lord, we ask you to send a purifying fire again to your people. Lord, we ask you to send a holy fear of God again. Lord, that it, the Holy Spirit would come as a purifying refiner's fire that will burn out all this worldliness out of us and out of the church world again, Lord. Forgive us. Lord, forgive us for allowing this in. Forgive us, Lord, for the things that have been taught that are not right or things that have not been taught that should have been. Forgive us, Lord, for the culture in the church world that is more concerned with keeping everybody happy than really preaching the truth. Forgive us, Lord. But, Lord, we ask you to send such a move of God, such a move of your spirit, Lord, that will deal with things that need to be dealt with. And break the power of this Babylon that is wrapped up many Christians and wrapped up many churches. And now because of that, they're powerless. They've lost their Pentecostal fire. That they used to lay hands on the sick and they recovered. They used to drive out demons. 
They used to operate in the gifts. They used to have revival. They used to have altar ministry. But something came in. Babylon began to wrap people up. Forgive us, Lord. Send a move of God that will break the power of this and get your church freed up again so we can be what we need to be. But we pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.